Welcome to the Touring Plans Podcast. Welcome to the Touring Plans Podcast. I'm Angela Dahlgren here with my co-host Brian McNichols. Hello. And today we're talking all about Mickey's not-so-scary Halloween party found at Magic Kingdom Park at Walt Disney World. We reached out to you on Twitter to get your questions about the party, and we're also just going to give you an overview about it. Also, Brian went to the very first party, which was August 17th. 17th, yeah. So he filmed a video about that, but we're also just going to get his perspective. Let's jump right in. So Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party started, like I said, August 17th this year. That is the earliest it has ever been. Right, Brian? Yeah, by like a week. Last year, uh, 2017, was the first year they started doing it in August. But that was just kind of like the last weekend-ish. I think it was like the 25th, somewhere around there, that they started doing them. And I think there were like two parties in August. This year, there were four in August. And yeah, the first one was the 17th. It was was something like a full 10 weeks before (laughs) Halloween or something insane. I don't know how I feel about that. I think fall is my favorite time of year. I'm not kidding. Like my husband makes me wait till September 1st to put up my Halloween decorations. So I am such a Halloween girl, but even that's Mm -hmm. a little too early for me. So I don't know. August 17th is just a little too early. I know exactly how I feel about it. I do not like it, (laughs) but I'm actually the same. It's funny. I am, um, I'm a little bit probably more complex with that because I fall is also my favorite time of the year. I love it. I'm in Pennsylvania. You are in Minnesota. So we are both in areas where the fall weather definitely changes quite a bit. And I love like the cooler nights and, you know, being able to wear pants without roasting again. Mm-hmm. And, and I wear shorts the rest of the year. It's not just pantsless, but um, not anymore. Thank you but, for clarifying. Yeah. But Halloween isn't my my thing, really. I don't mind it. I have nothing against it. It's candy and, and horror movies. I like both of those things. But um, I just, I've, I never really got into to Halloween that much. So... But there is something that felt decidedly wrong about celebrating Halloween in mid-August when it was legitimately 100 degrees out. And that is not an exaggeration. It was, as I was walking into the Halloween party on August 17th, it was uh, 99 degrees with a heat index of 119 degrees. So Yes, if you haven't seen Brian's video, he looked and felt decidedly miserable, and I do not blame him. (laughs) I think at one point he pointed out that sweat just dripped in his eye, and I I think I burst out laughing at that point because it just looked miserable out there. But he will talk a little more about that later on in this podcast. And like I said, the dates, the party begins August 17th and goes until October 31st? Do we have any November dates? I know they did November Not this 1st. year, no. Yeah, November yeah. 1st was last year, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, occasionally. I think it depends when Halloween falls. and uh, But I, I think this year they only have up until Halloween. They don't have the November 1st. Sometimes I feel like they've done like even as late as November 2nd, depending on like if Halloween falls on like Wednesday or something. Sometimes they'll do like a November 2nd Friday party as the last one, but not this year. A lot of questions we get are, you know, what are the least crowded dates to attend? What Brian does, which a lot of people appreciate, including myself, which I definitely considered when buying my own tickets, is he puts together a least crowded party date video and post, which is on blog.touringplans.com and our YouTube channel. So you can check both of those out. 
And as far as prices, we always include the prices with tax. So it's a little easier for you to, I guess, get a better idea of what it's going to cost you. For adults, you are looking at something from $79.88, this is in American dollars, to $133.13 for adults, and then $74.55 to $127.80 per ticket for kids. It depends on the party you are going to. If it's not as busy of a time of year or day, normally, like, would you say like a Tuesday, it's going to be probably a cheaper rate for you. But if it's like the day of Halloween, that's when you're going to see that more expensive cost or if it's maybe like a Friday night. Yeah, well, the, the Halloween party uh, is the most expensive one. But it, it's fact, in fact, I think the only one that is at the highest price level. Yeah. Um, and then the early season ones, the August ones, the early Septembers tend to be the lowest priced ones and generally the least busy except uh except for the the opening day which which i i believe i had ranked 11th on the list because the first parties do tend to sell out and this one did um i think i'm going to bump that down next year because it was it was uh, a little bit more crowded but the late august early september especially the weekday parties the tuesdays and fridays are generally the best ones to go to and the ones that will will cost you a little bit less in ticket price if you are listening at your desk you can pull up our mickey's not so scary halloween party page on our website touringplans.com and kind of follow along with us because that's what we're using to kind of guide us through this podcast um as far as ticket prices there are discounts for disney vacation club members and annual pass holders which is very nice and as far as your ticket it can get you into magic kingdom park at 4 p.m Mm -hmm. Gosh, I sound like I'm like a radio announcer today. I'm like, just give him the spiel, aren't I? Okay. Yeah, and and some of you might be wondering why we are doing a a review of the Not-So-Scary Halloween Party after it has been running for two weeks. And part of that is because it's part preview for those who, who haven't been there. Most of the parties have not happened yet. But also because I did get to, to go the first one, we, we kind of decided to throw it in here so we could use my experiences of actually being there this year in addition to our previous year knowledge, well, Angela's previous year knowledge. I had never been there before this year. so Yes, so we will kind of talk about how we feel about it, and then I'm going to be going later this year. So maybe we'll bring up my experience at a later date. Something kind of new for Disney Vacation Club members is they can get into the party an additional, or I guess into Magic Kingdom Park, an additional two hours early. So if you have a ticket to this event, uh, like I said, you can get into Magic Kingdom at 4 p.m. If you have a ticket to this event and you're a Disney Vacation Club member, you can get into Magic Kingdom at 2 p.m. Now, Brian and I were talking about this before we started recording, and he said, you know, you can assume that most DVC members will probably have an annual pass and can get into the park anyway. But should you have guests with you who aren't annual pass holders and they have a party ticket, uh, you can just bring them at 2 p.m. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they the way they do it is they have separate gates set up for the party. This year, they were right smack in the middle of all the, the touch styles on the way in. And they say event entrance in the sign above. And you go in through there, and they kind of funnel you in right to the cast members that are handing out wristbands for the event. So you just go in, you touch your, your ticket or your magic band, go 
And if you have a valid party ticket, it will let you in and then you get the wristband. If you already have a ticket for that day or are a pass holder or something like that, where you're already in the Magic Kingdom beforehand, you don't have to leave or anything like that. But at some point before 6 p.m., which is the official closing time of the Magic Kingdom during parties, you will have to go and get a wristband for the party because if the cast members after 6 p.m., if they do not see a wristband on you for the Halloween party, uh, they will ask you to leave or to get one. So. Exactly. What's kind of nice about having a ticket to the Halloween party or even the Christmas party is you can save a day's park ticket because you mm-hmm. can get in so early. You know, if you get in at 4 p.m., you have until midnight at Magic Kingdom. So really, if you're there that entire time, you can get a lot done at the park. So that's what I really enjoy about it. And if it's not a very crowded party that day, you know, that's even more opportunities to experience more attractions, if that makes sense. Most of the rides are open, not all of them, but a lot of the major ones are. So if there were a couple rides, like say you you couldn't get on Seven Doors Mine Train the other time, or you just didn't want to wait for it, uh, Seven Doors Mine Train is open. Usually a reasonable wait. Actually, the party I was at it was it was broken most of the time, which which was unfortunate. But it was supposed to be open, so I don't know that I would necessarily recommend getting a party ticket just to ride rides. I think something like Disney After Hours event that they do in the off season it would be a better thing, a better use of of money for for something like that cuz mm-hmm. those lines are even even shorter. But you definitely can ride more rides during the party and you also have that kind of buffer hour because the park closes at 6, but the party doesn't technically start until 7, but the rides stay open during that time. So in that hour, now there is still some carryover line from the day guests that got in line before six, but like the slightly, you know, smaller rides, things like Big Thunder or Pirates of the Caribbean or Haunted Mansion, Jungle Cruise, those will te- will have pretty short lines even during that hour. You can get one, knock one or two of those out before the party starts in full. And I also wanted to point out that we do have touring plans for Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. So if you're one of those people where you want to come in with a plan, we do have those, which you can check out. Would those be under miscellaneous plans, Brian? Yep. Yes, they are. Although one thing to, to point out, they we don't really have character meets on there. We don't really track character meets unless they have a posted wait time. So something like Meet Mickey at the Town Square Theater has a posted wait time. So that one we track and we, we have that available in the touring plans. But the other character meets and a lot of the characters that show up at the Halloween party, and there are some awesome characters that show up at the Halloween party, we do not have in the plan. And I would very, very strongly suggest that if you want to meet characters at the party, make that your absolute number one priority and get there and line up early because those weights can take up your entire party. If you want to meet Jack Skellington or Lotso or the Seven Dwarves, that can take up a big chunk of time. So if that's what you want to do, line up as soon as they will let you. Like Ryan said, with these character meets, they bring lots and lots of crowds with them. 
with these Halloween parties and with the Christmas parties, the closer it gets to the big main event, the main holiday, either Halloween or Christmas Day, the busier the parties are going to get. The best times to go typically is during the week, so like a Tuesday party. Fridays are going to be a little busier, even Sundays, but not too bad. But the closer closer you get to Halloween, the busier the parties are going to be. Brian, do you want to talk a little bit about your experience with the party and about the crowds and maybe the congested areas Mm -hmm. in the park? Yeah, sure. I, the video we have up on our, on our YouTube channel that I will try to remember to link in the show notes um, <laughs> when we put this up. I'll probably um, I probably will, but uh, it came across as a little bit negative. And honestly, a lot of that, some of that was due to the heat. It, it certainly didn't help. But a lot of it was just that the, the party was, was pretty crowded. Now, it was a sold out party, but I've been to sold out Christmas parties before. And they did not feel nearly as busy as this Halloween party did. So I do not know if they are letting more people in, which is always a possibility. Our boss and and leader, Len Testa, has a theory that they let more people into the first party than they do any subsequent party because they know that there are a lot of bloggers and vloggers like myself that want to go and and report on these things. Mm -hmm. So that is definitely a possibility. But either way, it was crowded. Now, the waits for the rides did not seem bad at all. Every time I went by like Peter Pan, which is usually a good litmus test, it was showing like a 25 or 30 minute wait, which in actuality, then you're probably talking about a 20 minute wait, give or take, which for Peter Pan is not that bad. I I rode Pirates of the Caribbean and I think I waited about 15 minutes. I rode Space Mountain and only really waited about 20 minutes. So the rides weren't terrible, but the character meets and just the general pathways were very, very long. The Jack Skellington and Sally line, I saw people lining up as early as 4.30 for that meet. I heard that people actually started lining up somewhere around 3.30. And when I walked by at about 7.45, that line was three hours long. Oh my gosh. The Seven Dwarves line, which was up in Storybook Circus, they were in the Pete's Silly Sideshow, like inside the building. That one was an hour and a half when I went by. The line to meet Jafar in Adventureland was about an hour to an hour and a half. Like if you wanted to meet a couple of those characters, that's pretty much your whole night. The lines for the candy were long, although they did move very quickly at least. And then some of the the walkways, there's one particular that I pointed out in the video in Storybook Circus. There was kind of this meeting of, it was part of the line to meet Goofy, part of the line to meet like Donald and Daisy, and then part of a candy line that were all kind of meeting in this one place and nobody knew exactly which line they were in. And it was very hard to walk through. And some of that stuff could just be, it was the first party. Everybody was, all the really big character hunters were going like to- Maybe some line confusion there. Yeah, and and cast member confusion, not realizing that this would be a choke point and it's possible in in the nights after that. They worked that out a little bit better. So I will give them the benefit of the doubt until I start hearing that this is still happening, which I, I haven't yet. So, and there has been now, as we record this, I think three parties. I I didn't find it all that enjoyable because there was no way I was meeting any of the characters. The lines were were just, just too much. You know, I saw the, the show, I saw the fireworks, I saw the parade. One cool thing that they decided to do this year, they are doing, I'm not going to call them overlays because they're not nearly as involved as like the haunted mansion overlay that they do in Disneyland. 
but Space Mountain, they turned out all the lights during the party. Like all like and and I know you're thinking like, well, they turn out the lights already, but no, they apparently don't because it was pitch black in there and on this ride, which I didn't I didn't necessarily enjoy because I, I find Space Mountain a little bit too rough for my my old bones. <laughs> and in the dark it feels even rougher because you just can't see anything coming. Right. But if you do like Space Mountain, I think it you probably would like it even more with the lights out. And uh Pirates of the Caribbean, they have some actual cast member actors in the ride well, one in the ride and two in the queue when I saw it like an extra storyline about finding gunpowder Pete. So those were interesting things, I think, just to try to get more people on the rides. And the Mad Tea Party also had different music and, and effects, but I can't ride that one because I, I can't do spinning. But honestly, there were parts of the night where I was like, well, I, I don't really want to wait in the candy lines, and I don't didn't really want the candy anyway, to be honest. Not that it was bad candy. I just had already eaten a bunch of candy, and it was hot, and I didn't want to get yeah. sick. And I didn't really want to wait in the character lines, so like I felt like I almost ran out of things to do which is, was not a feeling I particularly enjoyed. Now, if like my kids were there, we would have just ridden rides or something. Like it wouldn't have been that big a deal, but it felt busy, like real busy and it, busy to the point where I would have been a little annoyed, I think, if I was not there in a work capacity. You know, I watched your video with my entire family to the point where my daughter's like, is that Brian? So she like knows who you are now. Nice. And I went to the Christmas party last year and that to me was a little busy and mm -hmm. maybe not busy, but congested, like you said, you yeah. know, the, the ride weights weren't terrible. I think uh, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train was maybe 35 minutes long enough that I didn't want to wait with my toddlers. But if you, if, if you were only in the Magic Kingdom, like one or two days and it was really busy the rest of the time you could have gotten a ride in there oh yeah for sure yeah but uh your party i'll admit and brian and i if you've if you've watched our videos before if you've listened to our podcast and our facebook lives you kind of know our personalities and we're a little we're a little opposite <laughs> and that would have that would have taken down my excitement a little bit just seeing the atmosphere that he was in just just the overwhelming crowds and I can either handle one or the other, like the heat or the crowd. Yeah, but the heat having, made it tough. Yeah. yeah, having that overwhelming of both, that would have gotten to me. And then you would include like my kids. And I think, yeah. I, think I would have definitely left early as well. Yeah, and, and I was at the. I, I have also have a video about the, for the from the first Christmas party of 2017 last year, which was also a sold out party, and it did not feel that busy. I remember, I know specifically I was in Tomorrowland thinking like, oh, this is perfectly reasonable. Like there was still people around and stuff, obviously, but like there were gaps you could walk through that it didn't, just didn't feel the same. And, and yeah, the heat definitely didn't help, but yeah, they, there was more people at this Halloween party than there was at that Christmas party, even though they were both sold out. So something changed there and I don't know exactly what it was. Yes, and you, you definitely will find that congestion of crowds depending on where you are throughout the park. So yeah. definitely expect that crowd, like wait lines for attractions and rides will be a little lower. But as far as the character meets, yes, people do line up very early around 4.30. It used to be 5.30 when the party started at 7, but now that people can get in, you know, now that it kind of starts around 6, like Brian said, they'll line up around 4.30 to meet these characters. Something that I'm very excited about is this year you can meet Moana. So yes. Before, I didn't really care about meeting characters. I was there to see the parade and the fireworks, which we'll discuss in a bit, and do some rides. 
but this year I do want to meet Moana. We actually arrive the day of the party and I'm thinking about, you know, doing that DVC entrance with um, my aunt and uncle who are DVC members mm. and seeing if I can meet Moana. If the, again, the crowds, the lines aren't too busy, but I don't know. I don't like waiting in line. So we'll see. I didn't ask how long the line was from Moana. It, it didn't, it was, and it was tough to read. She was meeting either in the Tiki room or in like the pre-show area for the Tiki room. I couldn't, there was enough people standing in the way. I couldn't see exactly where, like whether she was there or not. And there wasn't a lot of people standing there. My, my eyeball would have guessed would have been about 45 minute wait. But I also don't know if she was meeting inside the Tiki room, whether there was more queue in there or not. But this was also a little bit later in the party. So I imagine early um, where people are more focused on, you know, Jack Skellington and, and characters like that, you might be able to sneak in there. It was it, uh, not too much of a wait. Although I don't know when she starts meeting because obviously they have to wait until the Tiki Room is not operating anymore. Yeah, and see what that line is like for sure. Yeah. So if I were to meet a character, that'd really be the only one because I've never met her. My kids love her. So mm-hmm. that's the yeah, only one I'm really excited for. I'm shocked that they haven't put her into the Ohana character breakfast yet. Honestly. I know. Oh my gosh. Such a wasted opportunity. Like just have, have Lilo, Stitch, Mickey, and Moana instead of poor, you know, sorry, by Pluto. But um, like, it just seems so natural in there. Can you tell I feel really passionate about this too? Like, why is she not a permanent fixture? But I guess, I guess she's in, she's at Alani. And I guess Shanghai Disney with Maui. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't make sense to me. No, it's weird because they did have her in Hollywood Studios for a while, but and then she left and just never came back. Like it just, it's it's a very strange. You can still meet Merida for some reason, but you can't meet Moana. We listen to her songs every single day, so I'm very very upset we, about this. We did. Uh, we went on a trip not long after the movie came out, where the kids that's all they wanted to listen to was that soundtrack and it is not a very long soundtrack and we were in the car quite a bit so we looped that thing over and over and over i can i can almost sing uh the maui song you're welcome off the top of my head with like no (laughs) no help whatsoever because i've heard it so many times do not get me started because i will make you rap that one part and i will start singing (laughs) <laughs> right now in front of every in front of everyone listening all right let's get started uh with with the fun stuff that i know you enjoyed and that i really enjoy as well and then um we'll get to some twitter questions so let's talk about mickey's boo to you halloween parade this is such a fun one i i don't know a single person who doesn't enjoy this parade mm-hmm. let's talk about it the best places to view and uh this parade has two performances for each party, 9.15 mm-hmm. at 11.15. And most more often than not, the second parade is going to be less crowded than the first. Although the first parade and the second parade, to my understanding, at the party you attended, both were just as busy. Yeah, they. I actually had, had left already by the second parade. But I, um, yeah, other people that, that I had talked to that were there uh, said that it actually was still pretty busy. It will still be busier than the first one. It, it just, it always will. And at the the less heavily attended parties, there will be plenty of, of spots available kind of as, you know, as the parade kicks off. But even the first one, I, 
I saw it in Frontierland, this, or in Liberty Square, actually, this time. I was going to walk to Frontierland, and as I was going that way, I kind of found a spot right near Hall of Presidents, like, right on the one turn that I, I was only standing behind, like, it was like two rows of people in front of me, but they were sitting. Mm-hmm. So um, I could see and, and video from there pretty easy. Now, some of those people did stand up as the parade started, which drove me insane. Now, I, I mean, I'm tall and I didn't have the kids with me, so I could see over it. But I'm thinking like, why? Everybody can see when you're sitting there. Why? Because like, there were kids standing behind them thinking because their parents were thinking, oh, great. My sit. kids can stand here. They're sitting. We can see. And then all the adults stand up. And I'm like, why? Why would you stand up? It doesn't I know. make any sense. You could see perfectly. Yeah. But anyway, so so I ended up just stopping there. But Frontierland is kind of a good last minute spot. Like if you're if you don't really want to hang out like a half hour, or twenty minutes before the parade, Frontierland is is the better spot to go. Then the background isn't as nice as you'll get on like Main Street. Even Liberty Square has has a decent background unfortunately i wish there was a, a way they could change the parade route to go in front of the haunted mansion for the booty you but they they can't so but the uh main street will will fill up a little bit earlier the hub fills up first mm-hmm. like the the part of the hub it kind of comes across the bridge from liberty square and then around in front of the castle and down then down main street so that three quarters of the hub that it goes around does fill up first then main street and then it would kind of it will kind of fill backwards down to, to Frontierland. so if you want the best possible spot especially if your goal is to just hang out for the fireworks which start at 10 15 then you'll probably want to get a spot like either in the hub or right about where main street and the hub meet because then you can kind of just stay in that spot until the fireworks. I don't think that's necessary. We'll talk about that a little bit more when we get to the fireworks. So I would say if you want to stake out a spot about 20 minutes before, so five to nine or so, I like Town Square, like right where Main Street kind of meets Town Square down there, especially because the parade also kind of goes comes down Main Street and then takes a left and goes around Town Square before going backstage again. So if you're kind of in that spot, you almost get to see everything go by twice as it comes at you down like down Main Street and then goes around you in in Town Square. Like that's that's cool. And then I like being on any of the curves because you just get a much better viewpoint of everything as it comes around you. And if you don't want to be there that early and just want to kind of walk up five minutes before or 10 minutes before Frontierland is a good spot for that. If you have kids, be, you know, be aware, like they may not always get a clear view of the parade. And if you're walking up five minutes before, but, but I would at least try that. But this is the first time I had actually seen Booty You. I had always heard it was one of Disney's best parades. And I think that's, it might be, I think it's without a doubt, the best parade you can see at Disney World right now. Brian, what did you think when you saw the headless horseman thundering down the route? Thundering is is a too strong word. There, oh, it was on. more clopping down. It was more a very light trot, but um, it was cool. And I like that they kind of just do it before the parade, when not everyone really notices what's going on. Like there was quite a few people around me that heard, you know, just heard the horse coming, and then we're kind of like, "Was this part of the parade?" I don't, I don't know what's going on, which I thought was very funny. But no, that's a very cool, like, mood setter. It's very eerie. It is, yeah. I, I like that a lot. I loved 
the whole haunted mansion section of the parade where they have the, the hitchhiking ghosts and the grave diggers and the and the, the, like zombie dancers and, and everything yeah that was that was fantastic and the song is forever stuck in my head as it is for everyone so you know uh we had a twitter question rachel she said do the gift shops still sell the parks halloween event party soundtrack cd i bought it it's called disney magic kingdom event party music or magic kingdom mm-hmm. event party music i own it and i think i got it off of the shop disney parks website so i don't know if the gift shops sell it but i know that the disney website does and like i said i own it and it has the old shows like magic kingdom shows on it and it has like i said uh the halloween the parade and i know that it has the fireworks happy hollow wishes all of that soundtrack on it, which we've been listening to since like Christmas time. So my kids <laughs> will definitely know the words when they go to the party. And speaking of Happy Hollow Wishes, let's talk about that too. There is one performance of that, and that is at 1015. Mm-hmm. This is also one that is very, very good. And Brian, where would you suggest standing for that? You kind of touched on that a little bit. The current Magic Kingdom regular fireworks, the Happily Ever After, rely pretty heavily on projections on the castle. Yes. So for, for Happily ever after we we strongly recommend standing like in the, at least the section of main street that's closest to the castle or in the hub so that way you can you can see what's going on on the castle as well as the fireworks happy hollow wishes it's it's not that necessary to be near the castle they do show there is some there is some light projection on the castle um as far as like little wiggly effects or ghost effects or things like that but nothing that is is so necessary to the show that you need to be right there it's mostly just changing colors so in that case i would actually recommend standing there's two ways i would still recommend probably standing right in between main street and the hub specifically past the buildings the reason for that is because for the Christmas fireworks as well as the Halloween fireworks, they use the surrounding like blasts too. So if you're standing kind of in the hub, it will feel like the fireworks are surrounding you in certain points, which is is very cool. And if you're on Main Street, you, it's hard to see those side blasts from where you are. But if you are like me and don't really feel like fighting extra crowds to get into that spot, not that much is lost from just seeing it further back on Main Street. 90% of the show is still directly over the castle. Uh, it is just a few times you will get get the side uh, discharges. So I think much like the parade, it's probably best viewed from like the hub area. But if you either don't want to fight with the crowds or just don't want to grab your spot that early you can stand i i was about halfway down main street i just kind of walked down the street until i saw a spot that was big enough that i wasn't blocking anybody and i i just jumped in there and watched and thought that was perfectly fine so but you you don't need to be all that that close to the castle I really like how these fireworks start. It kind of starts with a bell ringing and mm-hmm. gets you into that, you know, wind blowing atmosphere of the grim grinning ghosts. It's it's very haunting. I really I really enjoy this. I've only seen these fireworks once, but like I said, I've listened to the soundtrack a bazillion times, <laughs> and yeah. it's, it's very very good. Uh, it also has some elements of you know all of the Disney villains as well as the Nightmare Before Christmas. So I th- I think you'll enjoy that. Yeah. They're very cool. And I'll also say too, like another alternative is like the bridge to Tomorrowland 
is a pretty decent spot. Everything will be a little off center, obviously, because you're not straight on, but you can see everything from there. That That's another good alternative if you're, uh, if you don't want to stake out a spot, you know, too early. Before we get to the Hocus Pocus villain spelltacular, uh, we're just going to touch very briefly on the dance parties and the trick-or-treat stations. You know, we already kind of talked about the rides. Most of the rides are open during the event. Like Brian said, if you are going to go just for the rides, do one of the Disney after-hour events because it's going to be less crowded. And there's so many other things you can do during the party that, you know, don't waste your time on the rides. Although that's what I enjoy doing over meeting the characters. The trick-or-treat stations are present and kind of visible all throughout the park. They normally have some kind of indicator, whether it be a pumpkin or kind of some blow up thing saying like, this is where you pick up candy and you can grab pretty much as much candy as you want. Mm -hmm. If you have a particular food allergy, guest services at City Hall has allergy free options. And when I go to the party, I will show you how to do that. That's something I really want to make available for those who are going to the Christmas party or the the Halloween party. They also have other snacks at the Christmas party. So when I go do that in November, I'll show you where those are. As far as the different dance parties, Brian kind of showed you those in his video. But when he did the Disney Junior Jam, like (laughs) all the characters were gone. There's Doc McStuffins and then she left. And she she walked away, yeah. He took one look at Brian. She's like, nah, man, we're done. Uh oh, creeper! I'm going to get security. Someone with a camera. (laughs) No, so I I wonder who else would be there because I think my kids would really love that one. But there's only Doc McStuffins, and I want to know what other characters would be there. They love Doc McStuffins, but um, they're more into like Vampirina right now and Sophia the First. Yeah, I don't know. I think the press release for it too just listed Doc McStuffins. Like it was, you know, other Disney Junior characters such as Doc McStuffins. And when I happened to be there, she was the only one there. So I assume there are others, but I don't know which ones. Yeah, my daughter was a Doc McStuffins fan when she was two. But right Mm -hmm. now she's like hardcore into Vampirina. So we'll just have to go and check it out for ourselves. And then as always in the past, they've done the monstrous Scream-A-Ween Ball which is uh, Monsters, Inc. characters, and that's mm-hmm. in Tomorrowland. And then as far as the Hocus Pocus villain spelltacular, I have not seen this, but this is on the castle stage, and mm-hmm. it looks like so much fun, and Brian got some footage of it for you. What I liked about this, is, which is kind of the Halloween party in general, like they, for obvious reasons, focus a little bit more on the villains of their various movies. So you get to hear and, and see songs and characters that you don't get to see all that much, and this is kind of like that too. I mean, it has the they're the Sanderson sisters, right? Brian, you should know what they're called. Is that it? Yes. See, I did know. Yeah, the Sanderson sisters are are the hosts. They get help from Dr. Facilier, from Princess and the Frog, and Oogie Boogie, Nightmare Before Christmas, and Maleficent. And then they kind of, Maleficent to do a spell kind of brings out, you know, a ton of other, other baddies, you know, Jafar and... Cruella de Vil and the evil queen from Snow White and so on and so on. But you get to hear like songs from Dr. Fazilier sings his song. Oogie Boogie sings his song. So it was very cool seeing a lot of these characters and hearing the music that you just don't get to hear all that much. I have never seen Hocus Pocus. How is that possible? I was in like college when it came out. I'm not, <laughs> not really the type of movie to sit around a college dorm watching. I don't no, think. No, like as, I'm actually as, getting a but, migraine right now hearing you say that. <laughs> I'm, like, but, uh, 
I'm getting your address and I'm sending you the DVD. I was going to, before the show, I was actually going to to watch. Oh no, 93. I was only in high school. So then there's no excuse. You are like the same age as Thackeray Banks, who you don't even know who that is because you've never seen the movie. I'm really upset about this. It gets a 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. Sounds great. But yeah, so the the part with the Sanderson sisters, like, I mean, I understood what the point was. Obviously, it's not super complicated. And they, they make these shows specifically for people who don't necessarily know who they are. But I, I didn't, personally didn't get much from that because I had no connection to them. But I really liked uh, when they started bringing, bringing the other characters. Out. And it was, it is apparently the 25th anniversary of Hocus Pocus. So they made a couple of jokes in that vein too. So, which got pretty good audience reaction. So I clearly, it was in the minority of those who hadn't seen the movie. I'm so upset about this. I like, I can't even stare at my computer screen. I'm looking out the window because I can't look at you. I'm like, I'm not even looking at Brian. His like his voice tracker. I can see his, like his words, but like, I, I can't look at it. I can't look at him. I'm so upset about this. I actually just bought, okay, this was in the kids section or like the young adults. They have a new book. The first half of the book is Hocus Pocus. And the second half is the sequel. So I bought it. So um, I'll let you know how it is. But Brian will never read it because he hasn't even seen the movie. Oh my god! That was okay. the thirty ninth highest grossing movie in nineteen ninety three. And it even came out, I think, during the summer too. It's a cult classic. I cannot. You have to watch it this fall. It did just barely beat Hot Shots Part Two, though. So. Oh, it came out the same year as The Nightmare Before Christmas. Look at that. Well, did you see that one? I have seen that one. Yeah. Okay, I would have. I would have freaked out if you hadn't seen that. You have to watch it this fall. No, I'm not watching it until until I go <laughs> go see that show again. <laughs> well, you're never gonna go back then. Okay. okay. Ooh, it's same year as Demolition Man. Well, there's a movie. See, how come I've seen all those movies and you haven't seen Hocus Pocus? <laughs> well, okay. Demolition Man was the 18th gross movie, so it's twice as good then, right? Jurassic Park is 35 times as good, I guess. We need to. That actually does make sense. Because <laughs> I'm just try- now I'm just trying to make you so, so mad that you hang up on me. Positive Angela is getting way too worked up for the podcast, and I need to end this on a good note. Okay, okay, we're changing the subject. All right. <clears throat> as far as costume information, uh, you can check that out on the Disney website. We also have it on ours if you're still following. Uh, we will link our Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party page in the show notes. Brian, don't forget to do that. Mm-hmm. And it basically says, you know, what you can and cannot wear. There's less limitations for kids 13 and under because they're kids. Uh, there's a little more limitations for adults. But basically, mm-hmm. you know, just have in, some fun. Yeah, in, in short, you can't. adults cannot wear masks. You have to be able to see the, see the face. I mean, even for kids under 13, they can wear masks, but you still have to be able to see the eyes. Mm-hmm. That's the basic rule. Other than that, I think basically anything goes. And adults can't be adults can't be so like cosplayed that you actually look like a character. Like if you're dressing like a princess, you can't be like so like floor length gown that you look like a. I think specifically what it is you can't you can't act as that character. So if you go in dressed as Cinderella, you can't start posing for pictures with guests or anything like that as Cinderella. Like if they ask, you have to just say like, no. And then I think you'd be okay. But you know, that that's how Disney probably wouldn't love it. If you showed up looking exactly like Cinderella. Yeah. Like I'm seeing no uh, floor length gowns, stuff mm. like that. I know some people, I think I saw an article last year where some people 
dressed like pirates and they look so much like pirates that they had to change or something like that. Well, I don't know. There are also no, no weapons or things that look too much like weapons. Also, of course, you know, keep in mind, even in October in Florida, it's not cool. So I saw a lady at this hundred degree party I was at. There was a woman dressed up like either Chip or Dale. I didn't actually see the front of it, but it is a full like fur costume with just like an open face on it. Oh my um, and, gosh. and I assume that night ended in the hospital for that poor woman. So Oh my gosh. Yeah. Costumes that breathe very well are always a good idea. Yeah, I mean, I'm dressing up as Mrs. Incredible and that is like long sleeves, long pants. And mm-hmm. even I'm worried that September 25th is going to be hot. There were, I saw a few people in the real like Incredibles costumes like yours is. But what I saw a million of was the Incredibles t-shirts oh, where yeah. the entire family would be wearing the, just the t-shirts with the, the Incredibles symbol on it. I feel like a solid 20% of the party was just wearing those. That was smart for how hot it was. Yeah. Too. You really can't go full costume, especially if it's cold where you're from and you're going to wear that in the fall so you want to wear a warmer costume you can't wear that in 90 degree weather yeah see i i was carrying a camera around and complaining about how busy it was so i went as a disney vlogger someone said someone compared you in the comments to like a zombie or something which (laughs) made me laugh Well, I had also gotten into orlando at like 1 30 that morning so that probably wasn't real far off yeah what did you do from 1.30 to like normal time? Well, I went to the, I had a hotel for that night because I wasn't supposed to get in at 1.30. Oh. So I went and I slept until about seven and then I started videotaping it at, at uh, uh, Portland's French Quarter. Actually, the, the Portland's French Quarter room review I just put up was filmed that later that morning. Oh my gosh. Well, no wonder you are so tired. <laughs> yeah, that's why I didn't make it to the second parade. Oh my gosh. It all makes sense now. Well, that's all we have for today. This was a longer episode. We really enjoyed making this for you. As far as a question that we have for you, do you prefer the Christmas party or the Halloween party? I think, I gosh, when I went to the Halloween party, it was raining. So right now mm-hmm. I would say I prefer Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. Brian, I can guess what your answer is, but I'll let you answer it anyway. It's tougher than I would have thought before I went to the Halloween party. I, I love Christmas. Just in general i love the decorations and the music and all that stuff that's my favorite holiday so uh it is the christmas party but the booty you parade is the best thing at either party so um i like that a lot actually please leave your answer on twitter using the hashtag tppod or you know touring plans pod tppod and you can either contact us on Twitter using touring plans or yes, that Brian, which is Brian's Twitter and mine is at Angela Dahlgren. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll talk to you on the next podcast. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Touring Plans Podcast. More money-saving episodes on the way. In the meantime, plan your perfect trip at touringplans.com.